All right, cool. Okay, so uh, my name is Gilbert, and this is Dr. Douglas Holstead. Uh, I'll ask him a few questions about him, mainly, first of all. Maybe if you could say a little bit about yourself, your credentials, and what you've done in your profession here in California. Sure. Yeah, so I finished residency in, in uh, 1987 at L.A. County Hospital. Um, I got board certified in pediatrics in 1989, and then I recertified twice over the years. Uh, in the meantime, somewhere in there, I was actually with Kaiser for 10 years. I was actually a partner in Southern California Kaiser. After that, I had a small um, um, private practice. Recording in, in progress. And then there's a message on my my face, and it says, I need to got it. Um, after that, uh, we, uh, my family and I moved to uh, Monterey, California in 1999 and was in a private practice uh, with some other practitioners uh, from 99 to 2010. 2010, I, um, I did um, uh, private practice all by my lonesome. And so that's kind of where I've been through the years. Um, so my story is there, but the start of my story is actually really when I started dealing with autistic children and the autistic children um, started showing up because I started treating them in about 2000. In 2000, this is the story that started rolling in. My child was walking, my child was talking, my child had good eye contact. I could give my child two set instructions. And then my child um, uh, received vaccines, lost eye contact, lost speech, couldn't walk for four weeks, started stimming like a maniac, stimming his flapping arms, um, and then has huge sensory issues. Takes us about two hours to get our child's socks on uh, every morning. And then we have to duct tape our child's socks on to keep them on. Dr. Holstead, we think our child's autism is caused by the vaccines. So because I was so well-trained, I understood that, uh, of course, vaccines can't hurt anybody. So obviously what's going on with this family is that they're just crazy. So um, that was my first family. And so for a physician, if you realize that the patient is, is uh, in a crazy family, you just kind of put them to the side um, because you don't want to deal with crazy people. Well, second family comes in, tells me exactly the same story. It's like they're reading from the same book, same page same um, paragraphs, same sentences. And I'm looking at that thinking, this is just bizarre. Here I've got this wild story in two families. And then it dawned on me, I knew exactly what was going on with this second family. Obviously there was an epidemic of crazy families going around because of course vaccines can't hurt anybody. Everybody knows that, that's what we've been trained for. So I blithely went on, continued collecting different uh, families with autism, and I kept getting the same story. By 2003, remember I started in 2000, by 2003 I had 10 families, all of which were telling me the same story. Um, it was just like they had just been newly uh, minted uh, from the printing press. So here I am wandering around and the very dim light bulb over my head started screwing and it's like, oh Houston, we got a problem. Um, 2004 rolled around, there was a study by um, CDC, it was called the DiStefano study, he was one of the big mucky mucks in CDC, I think he's still there, and I got very excited because they made an advance announcement, they said we're going to look at MMR administration and subsequent autism, so I um, 
was waiting with bated breath. The study came out. Lo and behold, they said, we've looked at MMR administration, subsequent autism. There's no correlation whatsoever. And I'm looking at that like, what? What? I got my 10 families on one hand. So what are the possibilities? Well, the big possibility would be that there was a cabal of parents outside my door and they're all saying, okay, so when you see Holstead, you're going to tell them this story. And I thought, yeah, that's possible. That's like me winning lotto four straight weeks running. And by the way, I don't play lotto. Um, or plan B is that there's a fatal flaw with the CDC study. And of course, just pouring that information base into my brain was kind of like pouring rocks into my head. But so I was rattling around for about six months when I finally made the decision that there was um, a fatal flaw with the study. It wasn't hard for me to kind of curl my brain around the idea of a fatal, fatally flawed study because um, I'd had experience with a fatally flawed information all the way back into chickenpox. I had a family of three children the mother turned to me and said do you see all these kids and i said yeah you think i'm blind i see the kids and she said yeah all these three kids have had chickenpox three times and so because i'd read my textbook i knew that you could never get chickenpox again once you got it so i knew that there probably what had happened was that uh, there were two pediatricians who were less than uh worth their salt and they'd made a wrong diagnosis on the first two diagnoses of chickenpox. And then there was one good pediatrician, right? That made the diagnosis. Well, unfortunately for me, um, the children all came in a fourth time with chickenpox. And then I was the less than sterling uh, diagnostician that made the diagnosis of chickenpox a fourth time on each of the three kids. So at that point, I realized my textbook was wrong. Um, then there was a study that came out and said, no, 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 chicken pox, you can get chicken pox one in 10,000 times. And I'm looking at that. I'll probably see about 15,000 patients in my career. And that did not square with what I was seeing. So I, I threw, not only did I throw the textbook out, not a very far distance because it's a big textbook, but I certainly was able to throw out the, that one study um, later that year, or maybe a year later, there was another study on chickenpox that said, no, 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 you can actually get chickenpox maybe on a second time, maybe on an order of one out of a hundred. And that actually squares with my experience. So it wasn't that hard for me to say, you know what, there's a fatal flaw here, but that was 2004. And I, the two conclusions I came to was one, there's a fatal flaw. Two, uh, I'll probably never know what's wrong with that uh, study. So I was right on the first point, and I was wrong on the second point. Um, there was a fatal flaw, and I did find out what was wrong with that um, study, and it was actually in 2014. William Thompson was one of the five principal investigators who he came forward. I don't think anybody else did, but he did. And he said, you know, we all got in a circle. We had the, um, the recycled... Um, garbage cans, the blue garbage cans, and we all threw our database into the garbage, except I've got this, and he showed uh, a different data set than what had been presented by the CDC. Um, so to, to kind of distill what's going on, when you take out raw data, you're doing something called lying, or you're committing fraud. That's what we call bad. So um, I was not a happy camper 
in 2014 with the CDC. And as it was, I had stopped really trusting the CDC in about 2004 just because of the DiStefano study. I didn't feel like it was accurately portraying what I was seeing. So to go on with other things, um, 2017 was the Mawson study. The Mawson study was um, done by Andrew Mawson. He's a PhD in statistics. It was not... um, it was not funded by the CDC. It was actually funded by different parents groups. And what Mawson found was in a fully unvaccinated population versus a vaccinated population, what he found was a 420% increase in the amount of autism, 500% increase in the amount of ADD, ADHD, 700% increase in the amount of ear tubes, PE tubes, 700% increase in the amount of hospitalizations for pneumonias, 3,000% increase in the amount of allergic rhinitis, 300% increase in the amount of asthma, 300% increase in the amount of a- eczema. And there's the next study, which was the Peter Abey study out of Africa. So Peter Abey was the godfather of vaccinations in a, a place called Guiana, Brousseau. And he was giving DPT vaccines at three months of age and then at five months of age. So the kids were supposed to get a total of two vaccinations. If the kids, however, um, had... Uh, come in early, um, uh, they actually waited until five months of age to give a, a, a single vaccine. So what happened was he got two groups of kids. One group of kids got one vaccine. One group of kids got two vaccines. And then he compared them. The first question he asked, which is the million-dollar question, is, well, did any of the children in either of these groups die from diphtheria, tetanus, or whooping cough? So um, the answer on that one is uh, no, none of the children died from diphtheria, tetanus, or whooping cough, which is great because that means vaccines are working. So essentially, we can all go home and do a happy dance. Unfortunately, Peter Abe asked one more question, and his question was, if I look at all-cause death, is there a difference between um, the one vaccine group and the two vaccine group? And unfortunately, the one vaccine group is actually dying 500% less frequently than the two vaccine group. So, Gilbert, at this point, do you have any questions for me? Um, no, no, I was going down my list, and it seems like my next question was, what is the most clear study that showed that vaccines are causing this? And it seems like you answered it with the Monson and Peter, Peter A study, Peter A, B study. No, actually, those are not the clearest studies. And I'll, I'll get to the clearest studies here in a second. Uh, mm. The clearest study is the study that is uh, a lawsuit that's actually going against a guy named Joe Biden. And it, it was a, put together by a grandmother. None of these things, by the way, other than the DiStefano study, where there's a clear case of fraud, um, other than that, none of them had been put together by the CDC. But the, the clearest study in my mind in watching all this unfold is the uh, thecontrolgroup.org study. And that is actually um, the world's largest grouping of uh, true control uh, subjects, meaning those subjects never received any vaccines whatsoever. And it's actually the world's largest. It's bigger than anything CDC has, but I think CDC has some ulterior motives in my view. Um, So the control group study, because of the power of the statistics in it, uh, I believe is absolutely overwhelming. And the control group study, it shows absolute which is a word that doctors don't use. And the second word that doctors don't use is causation. So we're talking about absolute causation on this order. A thousand percent increase in the amount of learning disabilities, 
speech delays, developmental delays, autism spectrum disorder, ADD, ADHD, strabismus, um, diabetes, uh, epilepsy in adults, epilepsy in children, cancer in adults, cancer in children, multiple chronic diseases, and then a 660% increase in sudden infant death syndrome. So every one of those is absolute causation, meaning the vaccines are causing all those things that I just rattled off to you. To my mind, that is the most powerful and devastating um, knife wound to the chest to the idea that we're actually doing anyone any favors. The, the study itself shows that children that are fully unvaccinated are 1,099% healthier than the vaccinated children. And what that means to me is that we have really, um, we've messed up an entire generation of children with our vaccines. That's what that means to me. Yeah. Other questions you have? Yeah, that's pretty, that's a pretty clear number. So yeah, my next question is when did vaccine companies start marketing or targeting to the children? I know they target to everybody, but like childhood vaccines and yeah, so I do know, I'm not sure when they started, but I do know that there are two countries in the world that can actually advertise a uh, pharmaceutical, and we're in one of them, the United States, and I believe it's New Zealand. There is a rule that had been set down. It was a law in ancient Babylon, and it said if you pander to children that you were, um, you were susceptible to capital punishment, and I believe we should probably reinstitute that rule from Babylon. Uh, because we're pandering to children with the, the pharmaceutical stuff that's coming out. So anyway, but um, ancient Babylon. <laughs> yeah. So it's happened before. Yeah. And my next point is uh, the CDC even admits one in 44 children will be diagnosed with autism. So if this number is so high and it's on track to increase, or why is it so high? And why are boys, from what I've read, more affected by these things yeah so when i first started in 2000 uh, the doctors that i was training under were really nervous because they saw this extraordinary increase in autism and the numbers that they were quoting back in 2000 was one out of 562 so and they said we're seeing a, a continual increase so uh the one out of 44 that you're quoting um i believe is even now an underestimate but um we are seeing boys about four times as as likely as girls to get autism i've i've seen both genders with autism so um it doesn't seem a huge amount but four four to one ratio boys to girls um i believe in ireland the incidence of autism is something on the order of one out of 17 boys right now which is just amazing just amazing um cdc uh looked at the incidence of autism in Utah because they continued to see an increase. And uh, there's a, a whistleblower by the name of Zimmerman. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but Zimmerman actually looked at the data and realized that the CDC was spiking the data. Uh, they were trying to make it look like there wasn't a continual increase in autism. The, the problem, so I, obviously, I've been training myself in regards to autism and, and how to deal with it and also what's going on with it. It's unfortunately not just one factor. Um, I believe that, um, you know, vaccines are a gigantic piece of, of the puzzle, but so are pesticides. So is mercury in ma uh, maternal mouths. Uh, the exposure of mercury from a 
a mom with a mouthful of mercury is 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 quite significant. It, it concentrates about six times as much in the wombs of uh, pregnant women. So the kids are actually getting bathed in mercury, and that's not good. It was previous that the vaccines actually had a lot of mercury in them, and then uh, people started actually crunching the numbers, figuring out how much mercury the babies were getting, and then they took it out around 2000, I'm going to say. But they switched it out for something called aluminum, and then the aluminum is probably doing the same stuff that the mercury was doing. Um, we do know that in the autistic population, that uh, when we've, you know, when there's been an unfortunate uh, death from uh, from whatever, when they do an autopsy on the brains of these autistic kids, they're coming in with four times as much aluminum, and I believe the source is the vaccines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And um, so I know you mentioned the, the the causes or like the symptoms of autism in the very beginning, but since like since the rate is going to be so high in the future, what can someone expect to deal with if their child is diagnosed diagnosed with autism or some other neurological disease caused by these uh, vaccines? And are you mentioned that they're not always curable, but what are some things that you found that do help? Right, I, I, I can, so I work with a group called MAPS, Medical Association for Pediatric Special Needs. Uh, it used to be DAN, and it's kind of morphed into MAPS. Um, we have uh, the ability to actually make things a lot better. Um, because it's multifactorial, you have to deal with a multifactorial system, kind of like a biological systems approach, where you treat the inflammation, uh, you treat the immune system because it's been uh, turned on in a very ugly way. And you have to actually treat uh, gut issues because most of the kids have a gut dysbiosis. Most of the kids are yeasty. Um, their, their metabolic systems themselves are not functional. So you really want to tune in and make sure that their mitochondria are working. But you've got all these different uh, systems that need to actually be integrated together. And oftentimes they do like with mitochondrial dysfunction, if it's not functioning appropriately, then the kids get constipated. If the kids get constipated, then the kids are, um, what happens then? Oh, they get toxic. So they're not able to get rid of, of uh, toxins. So once you're toxic, you also have a, a much greater need for all kinds of vitamins and those aren't being approached because most of us aren't thinking in a systems uh, approach manner because there are all these things swirling around you've got to actually juggle about six or seven or eight different um balls in the air in order for these children to get better and it's very similar to alzheimer's actually uh, there's a book by dr dale bredesen um it's called the end of alzheimer's and he's picked out 36 different points that need to essentially be checked off on an alzheimer's patient uh, in order to actually get them out of an Alzheimer's state. The autistic kids, you know, they got plenty of stuff going on. One other thing that's come up recently uh, for treatment of autistic children is uh, these kids have a folate receptor antibody that has been uh, activated so that although they may have a functional amount of folate in their systems, they actually have um, like zero folate in their brains. And so probably neither you nor I has ever been pregnant, but uh, the women that have been, if, if and when they go to their ob you'll notice that the ob are always recommending folate. 
Well, it's hugely important for neurological development. The neural tube defects oftentimes are folate uh, issues. So uh, it's big, big stuff. We, the guesstimate is about 80% of the autistics are having blocking antibodies. So unless you test for it, you're never going to know. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, my next question, this might be a, a, a hypothesis that you may have, but why are big pharmaceutical companies doing this and are they being willfully ignorant or are they just sadistic at the very top? And money? Um, I think, I think in any evaluation of um, a situation, one needs to realize what's the highest standard that a, a group of people has. And for a company, that's just probably any company the, the bottom line is to make money. Um, that is, it's not a particularly moral stance, but that's what's happening with the transnational companies. They actually want to make money. So uh, it's not very moral and it's not something that I can live with, although I would like to make money. Um, I can't use that as my, my pole star, my star by which I guide my life. Um, I, I believe that's the gigantic problem with the pharmaceutical industry. These are a group of people that have um, they've lied, they've um, committed fraud in their studies, and then they've, uh, they've essentially killed off uh, upwards of 100,000 people in regards particularly to Vioxx. Um, I don't know if you're aware of Vioxx, but it was a, a product that it's estimated that at least 100,000 and maybe up to 500,000 people got killed off buy that product well they knew that they were going to kill off people and they never told anybody um, the other problem with the entire vaccine program is there's no one accountable except the parents the parents are accountable for taking care of their wounded injured and maimed child uh, we have the u.s government that is almost uh, abjectly not accountable for something that they're ordering and of course, the pharmaceutical industry has a, a, a get out of jail free card because they have no liability whatsoever. Uh, there is a program called, uh, uh, it's the Vaccine Injury Court. And the Vaccine Injury Court has paid out about $4.4 billion over the years. That sounds like a lot of money. My guesstimate is if they were actually paying out the appropriate amounts, it would be on the order of $100 trillion or trillions of dollars, any tr trillions of dollars anyway. Um, what is going to happen, though, is we're, uh, we're loading down society, and I don't think we're going to be able to function much longer because of all the people that have ADD, ADHD, the autism spectrum. I, it, you know, society doesn't function real well with, uh, with people that have issues with the ability to um, collect thoughts and go, go and make uh, functional uh, decisions. Right, right. And uh, my next question kind of shifts the topic to the more recent vaccines, the COVID vaccines. Does the recent COVID vaccine have any known side effects that people should be made aware of, such as reproductive uh, immune system suppression, heart issues, cancers, or are they similar to the old vaccine side effects? Um, yeah, so um, I haven't uh, done extensive research on the COVID jabs, but what I do see is... Um, uh, that um, there seem to be an inordinate amount of miscarriages with uh, women who've had their two COVID jabs and that the database is not being presented appropriately. 
Um, we, you know, it's just like, boy, someone's lying to us. Um, I've got four family members um, that I believe are vaccine injured, but they won't even admit it. And the vaccine, the, the injuries that I believe are coming directly from COVID are pretty, pretty monstrous. Uh, one family member has a brain tumor behind her eye. And I believe that started uh, after her three COVID jabs. Uh, one family member has something called minimal change glomerular nephritis, which um, her nephrologist looked up and said, well, no, it's not being reported about COVID, so it must not be true. But she got it after having received two jabs. Then another family member developed something called Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a, um, it's an ascending paralysis. And uh, she's been on a ventilator for two months. She's off the ventilator and now she can talk now. She can't, oh, I'm, I'm just told that she still can't speak. And then the fourth family member is um, my niece's husband, uh, who also got the two jabs. He's got something called myocarditis where there's um, heart inflammation. So that's the stuff that I'm seeing in my family. That's not even the literature. That's just our family. And I don't think any of them will actually mention the fact that, that it's even possible that it could have come from the COVID jabs. Right, right. That's what I've seen as well. So because that kind of leads to my next question. Why are people so trusting when it comes to things like vaccine mandates? I don't know what your opinion on masks, masks are or the lockdowns, but why are they so trusting yes. of these uh, authorities giving them? Um, well, you know, the first thing that comes to me is beats me. I don't get it. I have no idea why anybody would trust the stuff that's going on. There is no science on the face masks or the science that is on the face masks would put you and me in um, a face mask that would cost about 350 bucks for it to actually work. And I don't, I don't have that kind of money. The N95s work uh, if they're not fitted correctly, which is 99% of them, they will work for about two minutes. If they're fitted correctly, then you may have an hour or so, but not very many people are using the N95 masks. Um, it's a, it's nuts. Anything that's the cloth face masks is more, uh, in my view, social control. It doesn't have any relationship to actual um safety for anyone so what they're telling you is you're supposed to be polite and wear a face mask and remind me again why that is because the the science is not there there's just no science we know it from the u.s army the u.s army had done some uh research on it and they knew that the other thing about the u.s army is they had done research on flu vaccines in 2017 and found out that if you get a flu vaccine you're 33 percent more likely to get covid um, that really never hit the national headlines, or if it was, it was washed out with all the other narratives that I think are just a pack of lies. So one way to tell if um, a doctor is lying is if they're on uh, mainstream media and their lips are moving. So yeah. that's all I can figure out uh, because they're certainly not telling me the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And... Um... So my another next question is, what is the end goal for these multinational companies and the global government institutions that are giving all these uh, suggestions or guidances, whatever you call them? Money or uh, control? Social looking control? at looking into my crystal ball and seeing into the distant future. Um, this is this is. Um, 
you know, of course you need to do your research. It's hard to read the mind of, of a corporate entity that's transnational, but it feels uh, exquisitely sinister. It feels like, um, for me, it looks like a depopulation move. That's what it's looking like. And, you know, saying that two years ago, I never would have thought I'd say it, but I believe that's real. That's reality. Yeah, I've, I've heard many people come to the same conclusion as you that, I mean, it's not pro-human, as we could see what the all, all the actions that are being taken. It's not um, trying to make people healthier, happier. Yeah, so I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to keep a professional demeanor, but, you know, the word nuts comes out very often. But this is just nuts. Um, the uh, what FDA did with uh, ivermectin is is truly shameful and abhorrent. That's yeah. what I've seen. Yeah, I agree. Lots of uh, treatments that aren't they're not being talked about because it's only one solution for the one size fits all. Right, right. Okay, so my next question is. Um, how should people who are maybe they're brand new to this information, maybe like your family members that you know that are kind of scared or anybody that I know personally, they're, they're very trusting of the authority. So how should people who have lived their entire lives trusting the science that's presented to them and authority deal with this uh, shock that might be, that might be shocking to them? And how do they go about finding the truth and good sources that they should start looking into? I know it's a big responsibility, but. Yeah, so um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s website, I think, is pretty decent. It's a children's health defense. It's readily accessible. Uh, Stephen Kirsch is a, an engineer and a silicon bazillionaire, and he's got um, his own website. Kirsch is C-K-I-R-C-H. C, uh, he's the one that's actually been doing the numbers crunching. Um, so we live here in Monterey. There's a place called Monta Vista Christian School, uh, that's got four cases of myocarditis, which is extraordinarily unusual. I may have seen a um, a case of myocarditis in my entire career, and now there are four cases of myocarditis in one small school of a thousand kids, and that's in Watsonville, Watsonville, California. Uh, Steve Kirsch actually is the one that broke that news loose, um, and it's just so unusual and so strange. But I we the suspicion is that it has everything to do either with COVID or the jabs, but probably for the jabs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I so anyway, but first would be one and uh, Robert F. Kennedy's uh, children's self-defense. I believe they're, they're the most uh, well vetted um, sources on the world. Uh, Steve Kirsch is the one that also came up with the number of, um, so there's something called the number needed to treat, which is not really used a lot in vaccinology but it should be um but steve actually was looking at the probability of you dying from covid between ages 5 and 12 and if you use one x as being the amount uh, the possibility of you dying for a 5 to 12 year old um, he found that their chances of dying from the covid jab are something on the order of 117 times that which means we will be killing off children using the COVID jabs, and they're, they're trying to push them through. Uh, you kind of wonder about the science and the morals of the people that are pushing it, which means, um, you know, CDPH, um, um, the California Medical Board is another source that I just don't, uh, they're not trustworthy. 
Um, there, there are other words I could use, but they're not trustworthy. So anything that they're publishing most likely has an agenda. Uh, yeah. Um, well, what I didn't tell you is in my practice, um, I've seen 145 autistic kids in my practice over the years. I'm still seeing them. Um, and of them, 71 are very specifically vaccine damaged. So that's on an order of about 48% of all my autistics are coming in, uh, specifically, uh, absolutely vaccine damaged. There's no question in my mind that they really got racked up from the vaccines themselves. So, uh, and that's not good. Definitely not. Yeah. Okay, so now that people know some good sources that could hopefully not lie to them and... Um... Why, why, I'm gonna go over this phrase that people who are very, um, let's just say gullible, they say trust the science. And I think it's a propaganda phrase coined by somebody, somebody high up in the government. Trust the science, trust the science. Oh, you don't believe in the science. Well, what are you, some yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah. Um, so there was a guy named Joseph Goebbels. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah, the Nazi, I think. He was actually the head of the propaganda machine in Nazi Germany. He said, you know, you tell a lie once and it's a lie. But if you tell a lie a thousand times, then it becomes the truth. And I think we're seeing the lie being told thousands of times and everybody thinks it must be the truth because everybody's saying it over and over and over again. Um, I'm seeing this in quite a number of areas. And it's like, they're lying. They're lying to me. Um, it's amazing that anyone would say, oh, follow the science. There is no science on the face masks. There's just none. Uh, if we look at the risk versus benefit, which, by the way, the only safe thing to do in all of medicine is look at risk versus benefit. So instead of using the guidelines from a group of people that have an agenda, um, a transnational corporation has an agenda, um, a corporation that 40% uh, of its income is, is being siphoned through um, a vaccine program that has an agenda. If that particular corporation has, uh, say, 20 patents on vaccines, that is an agenda. Uh, I would not listen to that corporation. Um, so risk versus benefit is something that has to be addressed, and it's just not being addressed in this current mess that we've got. By the way, the corporation that's 40% of its income has 20 different uh, patents on vaccines. That's CDC. CDC is a truly corrupt organization. That, that one study, the DeCefano study, really turned my stomach. Um, I, I really, as a physician, I really don't appreciate being lied to. And if I'd acted on it, I would have wounded more children than I did. As it was, I did wound some children. Um, uh, it's not something I'm really proud of, but um, it's like I, I, I did what I thought was appropriate, and I find out now that it really was phenomenally inappropriate that children's health excuse me the uh the control group.org study is uh mind-numbingly uh scary and it's exactly what we've done with the whole population of kids and i don't have i so i saw two sets of kids today that are fully unvaccinated and they're just gorgeous kids they're just gorgeous kids they're smart they're intelligent um, you can interact it with them uh, the three-year-old is acting uh, as mature as a five-year-old. And I'm, I don't believe I see that with my vaccinated children. The other thing that I see is, so in bilingual homes, uh, I've got 
a number of families that are bilingual uh, and have unvaccinated children, they're fine with two languages. The families where the kids have huge sense of, uh, speech issues in two language homes where the kids can't pick up any language at all are the kids that are vaccinated. They really get zapped. It's kind of like uh, a two by four upside the head. It's just not really good for uh, speech at all. And it's evidenced by that the controlgroupstudy.org. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, my next follow-up question, uh, since you mentioned that you kind of uh, saw the truth that the vaccines were causing harm, what other uh, whistleblowers, maybe from the CDC or some other big uh, government organization, have came out? That yeah. So people should yeah, know. So one of the big so it goes back a little ways. It goes back to the AIDS uh, epidemic, and her name is Judy Mikovits. Judy Mikovits is someone, she's got three books out. Uh, she co-authored them with uh, Ken Heckenlively. Uh, but Judy was uh, a virologist of the first water, and her books are uh, Plague, Plague of Corruption. I can't remember what the other one, but I'm sure Plague is in there somewhere. Uh, how to diss Plague or something. But um, those are fascinating reads, but they're also really scary because you realize, so I think everybody's going into this stuff and saying, well, science is self-correcting. Well, not so much on my watch. I'm not seeing that so much. Um, it's not been self-correcting, especially with um, Anthony Fauci. I think he's, he's on the way out, but Anthony Fauci is a truly devilish character. Uh, I could use worse words, but devilish is, is bad enough. Uh, Joseph Mengele comes to mind when I think of Anthony Fauci. So, um, yeah, he's a really bad egg. But anyway, if you can read any books by Judy Mikovits, you can get a pretty good insight as to the politics behind the doors. And everybody's thinking that uh, we doctors or the scientists themselves are clean. It's like, this is really filthy stuff. Jesus. And you have to look to Jesus Christ if you're going to find the truth. There's a little scripture in Romans 3.3, and I tell people it's, it's the one personality defect that God has, and that's that he can't tell a lie. So uh, we as humans don't have that personality defect, but God seems to have that personality defect. And in Romans 3.3, it says, let God be true and every man be a liar. And I think there's some reality to that. I think there's an enormous amount of reality. In fact, that is reality. So you, you have to realize um, any human being can lie. And if, if, if you're being paid to lie, it just pushes you more. Um, all the doctors are getting stipends, usually from the insurance company. So it actually pays them to continue doing the vaccinations. I have a little, um, I have a little saying that I put together and I was told that it wasn't mine, but I believe it's mine anyway. It's uh, the hardest thing to enter the human brain is a new idea, especially when the old idea is paying you money. So um, it, it's a gigantic problem um, because there is, there's an enormous amount of money floating around. Mm -hmm. So what other questions do you have for me? Uh, maybe one about censorship and how do, you, how do you realize that our social medias, our YouTubes, our Twitters, I mean, obviously they're, they're flat out saying, well, this is banned, you can't talk about this, only CDC guidelines allowed. And yeah. the news, the news companies obviously omitting information because they're told what to do. So how do people realize the, the censorship that's really going on? 
Um, well, great question. You know, remember my story was it took me 10 families before I, my brain started engaging and saying, oh, my gosh, there could be a problem with these vaccines and causing autism. Uh, I think you have to look around you. I've got four family members that I believe are vaccine injured. Nobody's talking about it. So I, I don't know how to break that. Uh, Robert Malone has a really great saying, and I, I can't quote it exactly because there are three really nice big words, but in there somewhere it's uh, mass psychosis. Um, the, the people are, and so what's the interpretation of psychosis? Uh, someone who is uh, totally divorced from reality. And we've got uh, the news media that I believe are totally divorced from reality. And then the uh, censorship programs are also being totally divorced from reality. It reminds very ma me very much of when I was growing up, I remember uh, hearing about Soviet Russia where the kids would tell on their parents, the parents would tell on their kids. Well, guess where we're at right now? We're at the place where the parents are telling on the kids, the kids are telling on the parents. Um, th there is a totalitarian uh, sense that we're getting and it's, it ain't good. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of leads to my next question. I know you answered the mask and how they there's no studies on them, but I just wrote yeah. down, is it just a hoop that people have to jump through by putting it on and getting everybody on the same page, like obedience training and having people fearful of what might be there to conform and having them accept the next step in the process, which was the vaccinations? Um, I think it is an obedience training school. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, we're being trained in obedience training with all the face masks. It's like, well, you can't come in here until you rub your tummy three times and pat your head three times. It's uh, part of uh, training someone to, to break them from a brainwashing technique is have them to do uh, truly um, not, not unintelligent, but just nonsensical things, and, but force them to do the nonsensical things. We're being forced to do nonsensical things with these face masks. That ain't good. Even I know that. So, yeah, we're, it's a part of the brainwashing that's going on. Okay. And do you have any message to the local schools, colleges mainly, that are forcing the vaccine mandates on students so they could come get an education with other people? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, you all are practicing medicine without a license, and that's a felony in the state of California. Um, you should really stop that felony activity. That's my message to those schools. Uh, it's a statute 2052 A and B, if you want to look it up. They are practicing medicine without a license. I'm like a medical doctor. I'm, in fact, I'm almost identical to a medical doctor, and I can't believe the stuff that they're getting away with. Um, they are practicing medicine without a license. And I don't see the uh, law enforcement stepping up on that. I'll let everybody know that they are, um, they are um, derelict in their duties because we've got all kinds of people that really should be arrested because this is a potentially deadly weapon. Um, we're hearing of young athletes who are just dying. And the suspicion for everybody is that's coming directly from the vaccine program. Yeah. the COVID particular uh-huh yeah so yeah i mean schools near us were in monterey county schools like hartnell and pc the csus yeah they're all yeah. on the same page and i'm just wondering because i think i know the answer but do they get any financial benefit from enacting the cdc guidelines at their schools 
Oh, you know, I don't know that answer. Um, I haven't looked into it. Um, it you know, it's so, this is so greasy. Um, it, there's a chance that, that, yes, they are getting uh, kickbacks, but maybe they're not. And they just think that they're doing the patriotic thing by en enforcing something that uh, doesn't make any sense. You know, for young people, particularly, um, I think between ages 12 and 20, you know, you got four times a, a better chance of dying from the COVID jab than you do from the actual COVID. So that, that we're, we're so off the grid in regards to um, actual reality. It's just amazing. Yeah, I, I agree. And so I think my final question, so we could keep this short under an hour so people are more willing yeah. to watch it if they're brand new to this information. Yeah. Uh, do the COVID vaccines even stop or mitigate the spread of COVID? No, no, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. You know, they told us up front, they told us up front that um, when you get the vaccine, it's, it's probably going to help you have a kind of a mitigated response to the jab itself. Of course, you know, in some countries where they have a high incidence of, of the COVID vaccines, they're, you know, like 92% of the uh, people that are dying are from the people that are vaccinated. So it's like you watch this stuff. It's like I can't make this up. I cannot make this stuff up. So, yeah, this is the noise that's going on. Um, you know, we're, we've. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm telling everybody, you start reading your Bible because you know the end is coming very shortly with this craziness. And I don't see a turnaround. You know, anybody that enjoys power enjoys more power and more and more and more. And part of this is a power trip. Uh, we're still under emergency use uh, in the state of California, and that's brought to us by the powers that be. That's not good. It's just it, not good. Yeah, I feel like California is one of the most uh, falling in line with the CDC. But what, do you, what are your thoughts on Canada right now? I know there's some some things going on over there. Um, well, I, my concern is um, you're scared to say it up front. Up front, but. Um, uh, you know, can't, Trudeau has no uh, no right to do what he did. And I'm, of course, speaking as a non-Canadian, but watching him play that out with a financial card, um, that's, that's really cheating, and it's really a power grab on Trudeau's part. Um, he's a shameful man. There are a lot of shameful people that have come to the surface, and uh, Trudeau's one of them. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think about masking children? I know that even lockdowns on children, like, is there, I know the suicide rate has increased and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, the rumor that I'm spreading, because I think it's true, is the social engineers realized that they were going to, with something like this, that they were actually going to have quite a number of suicides just uh, because of the draconian uh, steps that had been taken. And I don't think that's changed much but uh, face masks on children is really cruel and unusual punishment from my viewpoint uh, it, they don't we know they don't work they don't work on adults kids are at extraordinarily low risk for covid and so we're going to put face masks on these kids it's like this does not make sense so yeah yeah well any any last comments uh, I'll, I'll probably end it on a couple summary of what we just talked about uh, yeah um i would actually pray for america uh, do you mind if i pray go ahead 
Father, I pray for our nation. I pray that uh, you would open our eyes to the things you have for us and open our ears. And I pray, Father, that you just give us grace. And I pray for our leadership that you give them an understanding of what they're doing and that they stop doing the craziness. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully that this conversation helps people. Yeah. Well, God bless you. And uh, we'll stay tuned. Thank you. I appreciate it. All righty. Bye-bye now. Bye. -bye now. Bye, -bye.